You're listening to The New 40, the podcast. I'm your host, Robin Wall. What worked in your 20s just doesn't cut it in your 30s and 40s. Our responsibilities and lifestyles are different and our bodies and minds have changed. So what worked then is not the best approach for us now. This podcast is for women approaching 40 or who've already arrived and want to feel and look better than ever. Hey there, it's Robin and welcome to my brand spanking new and first ever podcast. I'm really excited that you're here and to be honest, I really don't know what shape this podcast is going to take. Um, All I know is that it's come out of the desire for me to share my own learnings, experiences, and I don't know, just, just insight, I guess, into what it's taken for me over the past few years of preparing to turn 40 and in the first couple of years of being 40 and how my mindset has shifted and my body has definitely changed. And I'm going to say for the better, actually, because we all know that as we age, things can change, things can start to droop, we start to find more wrinkles, more grey hairs. But honestly, I feel that I feel way better now in my early 40s than what I did in my mid to late 30s. And I guess that's just going to form the basis of this podcast, which is all about creating the new 40. A lot of you have probably heard of the term 40s and new 30 or 40s and new 20. And, and I really don't subscribe to that because I feel that by saying that we're trying to relive our youth. And I don't know about you, but I'm actually really glad to be here. I'm really grateful to be healthy and happy and thriving in my 40s. And there's some parts about being 20 that I just don't really want to repeat. So, you know, I'm here for a reason. And yeah, I don't really subscribe to that kind of that kind of way of thinking that 40s and new 30. So I really want to redefine what 40 means. And you know, people are living longer, whether they're living healthier or happier, we don't really know. Um, but I'm all about increasing or maintaining that quality of life as we age. And it's not just about how we look either. You know, I've had a pretty radical body transformation over the last couple of years, which is possibly how you found me. I have dropped 20 kilos. I'd like to lose some more, but I, I know how to do it. I'm quite comfortable. I've created and attracted a much better quality of life with my new methods and philosophy on how I've managed to shift my weight and I know how to keep moving forward. So it's not a matter of jumping on or off any kind of diet wagon. It's about using the philosophies and the principles that I've used, which have actually been rooted in the internal and the mindset shifts. So I'll definitely be sharing a lot of that in my podcast, but also just redefining what it means to be a woman in your 40s or approaching your 40s and how to make this the best time ever. So 
I'm going to share a little bit about my own personal journey because a really good girlfriend of mine who's also the same age as me, who's been encouraging me to share my, not only my transformation, but she helped me with producing my book and she's one of my greatest fans. So that's fantastic. And we're both on this very similar journey together. She really wants me to share my personal journey and I do talk a lot about it in my book, The Body Plan, but you know, if you're here and you don't really know much about me, I'd really like to share that with you now. So I'm going to start my personal journey as an adult. Leaving high school, I went directly into the workforce. I was very fortunate to land a very good job in the banking sector where I was groomed for over five years. I was able to work my way up into a project management role. And during that time, I was obviously very ambitious. I always dreamed I was going to be a career woman. So well before my peers were wearing power suits, that was me (laughs) wearing my power suits to work, dressing like my bosses and working my way up the corporate ladder. And during this time, I also moved out of home and back home again and back out again. But I remember my first time share house living with some other young professionals having absolutely no clue how to meal prep or plan. So I just went to the grocery store with no plan in mind, way before Pinterest, way before all these recipes were available online and and guidance. And I basically went shopping the same way my mum mom would shop for a family of five. <laughs> so you can imagine I was pretty set for the first couple of months. But that was not going to fly. So I realised that I really needed to understand more about feeding myself, especially as a young professional, where there's obviously a lot more socialising, a lot of partying, a lot of after Friday night work drinks. So um, I had that little bit of extra weight, just puppy fat, I guess, that you get when you turn 18 and you start going clubbing and drinking and being hungover a lot. So I thought, well, why don't I just join Weight Watchers and I'll learn, I'll learn how to eat properly. And I did join, but to be honest, I was still not really that overweight. So they almost turned me away, but I pleaded with them to let me join. And I joined and I actually did lose about five kilos, but what it really did teach me was just a bit of structure to meal planning and prepping, particularly for a single girl. I was living in a share house, but we all were in charge of our own food. So through that, I started to get a real interest in food, I guess. I was always interested in cooking, but in terms of how to nourish myself properly. And get, don't get me wrong, my mum was a very good cook. We ate mostly home-cooked meals. She was very, very good, but she always did most of the cooking. So there wasn't really a lot that I had learnt myself, although I did top home economics in year 12. (laughs) So I didn't know how to cook. I just didn't know how to really do it for myself as a young single person. Okay. So after that, through the years, I then left the corporate world, became a flight attendant for 10 years. And being a flight attendant is a fantastic job for a young single person. You get to see the world, you get paid to party and sleep, but it's not exactly the most healthiest profession You are sleeping when other people are not. You're, you know, 
making the most of your opportunities by traveling and travel wrecks havoc on the body completely. So after about, I'd say, I think it was about six years in commercial flying and living in London, I took a job out in Saudi Arabia for a flying job as well, but it was a lot less work, a lot less flying, more money. So of course I was going to take that. And in my mind, this was going to be my last flying job until I was ready to, I don't know, take the next step. So I I spent a lot of my downtime in Saudi Arabia learning about raw food, the raw food diet. And the reason I was attracted to this was it seemed really exciting. And around this time, there were lots of blogs on the internet, people blogging a lot about raw food, how you can make ice cream out of coconuts and how you can make pizza out of dehydrated nuts and seeds. So it was pretty exciting, but all the equipment that you needed to do this was pretty expensive. But hey, I was living in Saudi Arabia, didn't have much to spend my money on and had a lot of downtime. So I started to teach myself a lot of this stuff. I bought lots of recipe books. I spoke to lots of raw food chefs online. I made some really great friendships with, which some pretty, with some pretty good renowned raw chefs who I'm still great friends with to this day. And I loved it so much that through my own blog, which had started as a travel blog, I was sharing a lot of my own raw food recipes. And just coincidentally, I managed to gain a pretty big following. Um, It's very easy to do this, though, when things are new. Like, everyone's got a blog now. Everyone's got a podcast. But it was really easy to stand out because, one, it was a really niche topic, raw food. And also, two, not many people were blogging especially in the Middle East. So I I got quite a large following, particularly in the Middle East, where I would get asked to do events and do classes. And because I had quite a large international following, I had lots of people then reaching out to me saying, please, can you, can you, you know, come to my country or come to my place and do a class? So I started to think more in a business sense, how could I actually turn this into a business for when I wasn't going to be a flight attendant anymore? So I invested in some formal training. I went over to the US and trained as a raw food chef with a pretty renowned raw chef school. And that's where my following kind of exploded even more. So I got a lot more media. I obviously got a lot more knowledge on the raw food diet and how to create some beautiful foods, which I still stand by are some pretty creative ways to eat, you know, fruits fruits and nuts, seeds, vegetables. It's really, really creative. But not long after that, I then got married and started a family. So I met my now husband in Saudi Arabia. He's also Australian, but I met him in Saudi. He was working for the same company as me. And no, he's not a pilot. (laughs) Um, And we, funnily enough, we're from the same part of Australia, Brisbane. So it's pretty crazy that we had to meet one another in Saudi. And we both swore we would never, ever marry Australians. (laughs) So, yeah, we started a family. And, you know, all my raw food stuff kind of, when I fell pregnant, I really stopped wanting to eat that way. I just, it wasn't that I 
made a conscious decision. I just unconsciously didn't want to eat that food anymore. I was craving all my comfort foods. I had to spend about three months in Australia waiting for my new visa to come through while I was pregnant. So I had three months apart from my brand new husband, which was obviously quite hard for both of us. I started eating a lot more of comfort foods like meat pies and chips and iced coffees, things that I've really missed because I've been an expat for almost 10 years at this point. So I kind of just went off my raw food ways and then becoming a new mum to a really challenging newborn, you know, and most mums will probably say any newborn is challenging, but, you know, this kid was, it was hard. We had feeding issues. We had sleeping issues, more so than normal. So that all kind of fell by the wayside. My whole self-care fell by the wayside. I probably didn't come up for air until he was probably about one, which I think most new mothers will relate to anyway. And then, not long after that, we were pregnant again with my second child and completely different pregnancy. I was craving a lot more fruit and salads and vegetables, but I still was very unconscious of you know, my, my own self-care, which happens when you're a new mum. I was working out, but not regularly. I was walking a lot when I could with the pram. But, you know, in terms of having any kind of structure or an understanding as to what, I, how I should be nourishing myself, um, that kind of fell by the wayside. So it wasn't until my daughter, my youngest, was three and a half that I had three significant events that happened in my life that really kind of shook me up. One of them was... I looked in the mirror. <laughs> I didn't recognize a woman who was looking back at me. I kind of had been in denial the whole time, but this was after having spoken to some girlfriends of mine, one of them whom is actually a diabetic and a diabetic nurse educator. And she'd actually said to me that she felt I was pre-diabetic. I didn't even need to get assessed. She just said, just by looking at you, your belly fat, your weight, you are definitely high risk. If not, you are already pre-diabetic. And that kind of came as a bit of a shock to me because my mum had just been diagnosed with diabetes less than a year earlier. So that kind of woke me up. I was also regularly seeing a chiropractor to have my hip and my lower back adjusted regularly. And around the same time, my chiropractor said, listen, you're keeping me in busy, Robin. This is great. But you could fix this permanently if you strengthened your core and you lost some weight. You just need to get strong again because I can feel you've actually got a strong body underneath here. You've got a good foundation and you need to get rid of the bloat. You need to start eating properly. And the third was a family trauma that occurred that really shook our whole family and just really made me see that life is very short and that sometimes we can get caught up in the little details. But... You know, when you look at the big picture, we're really not here for a very long time. So it's time to make the most of every moment and go out and get what it is that you really want. And I really wanted to be healthy. I really wanted to be the best version of myself, not only for myself, but for my family. And if I was ever going to do this, it was going to be now. I was going to be fit, get that fitness athlete body and not let age hold me back. And in the whole scheme of doing that, I was going to do it all by shifting my mindset and really healing the internal. 
internal stuff going on because I really do believe the way you, the, the weight that you carry is indicative of something that's going on inside. Your body's telling you something. So that's, that was me in 2016, October 2016. I decided I was going to make a change. And I did. Here I am, almost three years later, and I've dropped 20 kilos. I've shifted a lot of habits, and habits are things that we do without really thinking about it. So, and they're the things that are the hardest to change. So, and I've also brought my husband along for the ride too, and he's looking better than ever. So that brings me to today, and this is where I am here. So I really hope that you get a lot out of this podcast. I've got lots of ideas with where I want to take this. It's not just going to be about weight loss, but obviously I know that that's probably why you're here initially. That's what a lot of people are thinking about as they hit their 40s or they're in their 40s and things do get harder as we get older but it's not impossible and it's not it doesn't need to be a struggle so I really hope you enjoyed this first episode of the new 40 and I look forward to chatting to you more thanks for listening to another episode of the new 40 podcast make sure you become a subscriber so you don't miss when I release the next one And I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in future. So make sure to leave a review. Now head straight over to robinjlaw.com where I have a free recipe ebook and meal planner for you. I share the exact meals and snacks that I eat on rotation to lose weight without having to go crazy or feel deprived. I want to help you lose weight without having to lose friends or kill anyone in the process. So just go over to robinjlaw.com for your free ebook and I'll chat to you next time.